0: i'm going to introduce anna goodman who's going to be uh preaching to us this morning anna goodman is daniel goodman's uh wife there's a hint in the name um but they are are a wonderful family and they have served us so well as life church and um and i just encourage us to have really open hearts Um, as Anna comes and delivers to us our next instalment in the Live Well series, uh, uh, the Peter Schizero's Emotionally Healthy Church book that we've been working through as a series. Uh, Anna, we welcome you with open hearts and with expectation. Uh, We love you and uh, have a lot of faith for what you're going to bring to us. So over to you.
1: Thank you so much. It's a real joy and a real pleasure to be with you all today. I love how many people have already been involved. It's such a sort of family feel, a whole body feel. You know, Joe and Jane and Martha and Phil and Delta. Just I love how everyone um, is contributing and everyone's coming together and gathering as family. That's how church should be, shouldn't it? We're all valuable. Um, so today I am going to um, talk about... Spiritual warfare. Now, Walter, maybe at this point, is thinking, um, Anna, I asked you to actually preach about um, emotionally healthy relationships. What are you talking about? Um, What I'd like to hopefully show you by um, the end, at least, of what I'm going to be talking about, is that having emotionally strong, healthy relationships is spiritual warfare having emotionally strong relationships is spiritual warfare and hopefully that'll become apparent why um but let me just begin by saying that recently i remember someone saying how um they heard of someone who was used to be very high up very senior and deeply involved in the occult and he became a christian and um One of the things that he noticed, he said, when I started to go to Christian meetings, what I noticed was that um, when Christians prayed, they really lacked in specificity. They were very vague in how they prayed in his experience. And he said, you know, when I was in the occult, when we prayed, he said we were really, really specific and detailed. We prayed against Christian marriages and Christian relationships. We were really specific about that. So it's really uh, food for thought, isn't it? And, and hopefully that's that's sort of beginning to unpack why having emotionally healthy relationships with one another is spiritual warfare. So I'm just going to begin at the beginning, which is Genesis, where we can see God, God who is perfect relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perfect unity, perfect love, perfect oneness, perfect relationship, and that God created us, his children made in his image, and that he created us to have a beautiful, special relationship with him. But then we also see that there is Satan who right from the start hates God hates God and hates God's creation, us, and hates that special relationship that we have with him and does whatever he can to break that special relationship and succeeds. You can see from reading the story how he um, tempts Adam and Eve and that Adam and Eve are disobedient um, to God and obey Satan. And as a result of their sin, they break that beautiful relationship that they had with God. And not only did they break that relationship with God but also they have a broken relationship with one another now so there's conflict and there's fractures now with one another but then if you carry on reading you will know that there is hope that the father sends the son Jesus who through his birth death and resurrection reconciles the lost children of God to the father and restores that broken relationship, we can now come together as one. So does that mean that now all of our relationships are um, problem-free and that there are no problems? No, that doesn't, does it? There are still issues, there are still problems in our relationships, there's still factors, aren't there? Um, and so you can, you can tell that by looking at the Bible, reading the Bible, you can see that um, Paul and Barnabas, they actually had to separate their different ways because of their, their differences. Um, and that you, you can also read about Judea and Sincthe, I've probably pronounced them wrong, but how they were also being you know, urged to come back, reconcile yourself to one another. So we can see from the Bible that relationships between one another, they're still not perfect. And you probably know this in your own life as well. You know, i am you know, we're all still broken people. We're works in progress, aren't we? And um, broken people still cause problems, hurt people hurt people. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why there are still problems in our relationships is because yes, we are um, absolutely justified and restored to God our Father, we are still a work in process. We are still being sanctified. And um, as a result of being that work in progress, you know, there are still these broken tensions between us and other people. But the second reason why there are um, problems in relationships is because Satan is still at work. And Satan still hates God. And Satan still hates the church and he will do still whatever he can to bring about fracture and disruption. It says about Satan that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that includes relationships. John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Our love for one another is a testimony to the world about who God is, who Jesus is. And when we don't love one another well, it's like we're hiding that testimony, we're hiding that revelation of who God is to the world. And Satan knows how powerful it is when we love one another as Christians and he doesn't want the world to see that love. So he tries to do whatever he can to stop the world from seeing that love that he knows is a really, really powerful testimony. So whenever we choose as Christians to forgive one another, that is spiritual warfare. Whenever we choose as Christians to love one another, that is spiritual warfare. Whenever we choose as Christians to be reconciled to one another, that is is spiritual warfare. And the flip side, the opposite of that is also true. That every time we choose to remain in the state of brokenness with our brothers and sisters, every time we choose not to forgive them, not to be reconciled to them, to harbor bitterness towards them, we are actually choosing to obey Satan and disobey God just as we see in Adam and Eve, we are choosing to align ourselves with Satan and his plans and his purposes instead of with God's. So having emotionally healthy relationships of love, of unity, of peace, of reconciliation with one another is spiritual warfare. Peace and unity is very, very powerful and is warfare. Let me read from Ephesians four, two to three. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Basically do whatever it takes to be united with one another, your brothers and sisters, to maintain that peace, every effort. Romans 12, 18 says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Again, all that you can, everyone. Peace is really powerful weapon of warfare. Unity is a really powerful weapon, warfare. But peace, doesn't mean staying silent when something needs to be said peace doesn't mean turning your cheek and looking another way and pretending that something that's happening over there that is wrong is is okay actually sometimes peace is speaking out the truth in love and sometimes that means having a courageous conversation because probably know you can outwardly appear to be at peace with people but inside your heart you can still be at war and so it's sometimes it's really appropriate that we come and we're like we need to have a conversation truth needs to be said and you do that with love so I've just mentioned courageous conversations and I am going to just give you an example, a story in my own life, of a very courageous conversation um, that someone had with me recently. And she's very good at having courageous conversations. I've learned a lot from her. So what I'll do is I'll tell you the story um, and then I'll revisit some aspects of it um, that will hopefully, the things in there that we can learn from. So um, as you've been told, my husband is... Uh, Daniel he leads our church here so we are I'm an elder's wife and together with we call them exploring elders um they're sort of elders in training at um city there are eight of us elders wives um and we come together every three weeks on a Monday to pray and recently one of the people who is organizing this um little prayer meeting of the elders wives she said Anna can I please have a conversation with you can I speak to you of course yes and and then she said um out of all of the people all of the elders wives um you you are the one who has been showing up the least um and she said I I've gone into a lot of effort to try and organize these things and when you don't turn up as many times as the other people, that makes me feel like it's not a priority to you. It makes me feel like you don't value it, and that makes me feel really sad because I've I've made a lot of effort to try and bring us together. And she then she said, "You know why? Tell me why you haven't been turning up to these uh, meetings as much as everyone else has been." So um, I I said to her, "Oh, you know, thank you so much for um." Bring this to to my attention um one of the reasons um is because right at the beginning when we agreed that mondays would be the day this was actually before lockdown and um, before having to do homeschooling and now i'm having to do homeschooling which is really exhausting for me um and in so that i can do homeschooling i've actually been getting up at five so that i can have a good chunk of time to pray and read my bible and um, that means by the time the meeting comes like that's my bedtime you know i'm ready to go to bed um so that's one of the reasons i'm just exhausted and so i'm just you know i want to sleep by the time the meeting comes um so i said that's one of the reasons one of the other reasons is that um my husband daniel you know um i i said that mondays was free for me but actually he has a lot of meetings, um, a lot of the evenings and Monday's not always free for him. And we like to have one of us to put the boys down um, to sleep. And so I said, that's what another reason why um, I've not always been there is because Daniel's actually had a meeting. And so I've not been able to come because I've been putting um, the boys to bed. And but then I also said I, I recognized actually there probably was some truth to what she was saying, that there probably was um I wasn't making this a priority and valuing this meeting in the way that I really should have. And so I apologized. So I'm really sorry about that. And I want to change. And she she said, let's let's work out a way to make it better for you so that we can um so that you can come along more often and we've we've changed things a bit. Um, now so that I can come along more often. So that's a little story of a a small, relatively low level, courageous conversation um, that I had. But I just want to say right from the beginning that Satan will use whatever you give him. So he is very good at taking small things and making them really big. He is very good at taking cracks and making them into huge crevices so you might think that these small little things are no big deal but Satan will take your little annoyances and he will he will make them into bigger things if you let them let him so I'll revisit the story now and try and draw out from it some of the the things that I found really helpful from it and a lot of this is in the book actually that I found really helpful when I was reading it so the first thing is that um, she she came to me. She decided that I I'm going to come to Anna and I'm going to speak to her. And that's that's a really good first point in that um, we need to come to the person that we have got issues with we need to go to their face we need to see them as made in god's image your brother your sister your mother your father that kind of relational thing that they and we honor them by coming to them and not speaking um, behind their back not gossiping and slandering them behind their back we come and speak to them to their face if possible, do it face to face. I had to have this conversation um, over the phone because of the, the restrictions. But when you see someone um, in their whole body and their body language, it's is much more you can communicate the whole big story of what you're saying rather than um, sending text. So that's top tip. If you can meet face to face, please do, um, or just somewhere where they can you can see one another. So. Face-to-face if possible. Go to the person directly. Don't talk about them behind their back. Um, the next thing is she, do it quickly. Um, do not let the um, sun go down in your anger. You know, um, It's really important that we don't let the roots of our annoyances with other people grow deeper and stronger. Satan loves that. Um, as soon as she realized, hmm, She's not come again. I feel uncomfortable with this. She came to me. She didn't leave it to fester and grow moldy. You know, we need to go quickly to our brothers and sisters and speak to them. Uh, the other thing that I think is quite interesting is the topics of expectation, filters and assumptions. Now, these are in the book and it's really helpful, I find. So expectations. My friend had quite rightly thought that um we've agreed on this day, Mondays. You said that Mondays were free. So I'm expecting you to turn up all the time, if not very regularly. So that was her expectation. And I didn't necessarily have that same expectation. You know, I said, yeah, this is the day that I'm free, but I'm but maybe I should have had the same expectation. But the point here is that expectations, there are four things that are really helpful. Expectations need to be conscious. You need to know in your head, I'm having this expectation. Two, they need to be um, articulated, spoken out loud. You need to verbalize that to the person, there's other person. Um, they need to be reasonable and they need to be agreed upon. So you need to be like, okay, this is my expectation, I'm telling you, we're agreeing on this um, and it's a reasonable expectation. I think those are four things. So when you are having these little uh, conflicts with other people, it's good to be like, um, are our expectations the same or different here? Um, because I think that that's, that's certainly in my experience where things have gone wrong, it's like, oh, you expected this and I expected this and you know things were different here. Um, filters. Filters are a really interesting thing. You are a unique, wonderful, different person to me. The way you see the world is different to the way I see the world. And that's wonderful. But sometimes we need to remember that we are seeing the world and interpreting the world in different ways, aren't we? We've got different history. We've got different present circumstances. You know, we've had a different amount of sleep, and that can affect things. Um, So my friend, she is in her early thirties and she is, she doesn't have any children. So that's her filter. You know, she, she has a nine to five ish job. And at the end of the day, that's it. Um, Whereas I have the filter of being a, um, you know, stay at home mom with my kids having to homeschool. Um, And so I'm, and I'm forty, <coughs> slightly different to her, but it doesn't really matter. But the point is um, we have different filters and it's, it's important to be like, okay, what filter are, am I seeing this through? What filter are they seeing this through? And trying to sort of really have empathy with the other person um, in that. Then assumptions, that's, that's a really interesting one. We like to, we're very good um, at filling in gaps aren't we in our brains? If we don't have information, we fill in the gaps with with our own information, which is sometimes right and sometimes wrong. So my friend was like, she's not turned up for this amount of time. Therefore I'm assuming it's not a priority for her. I'm assuming that she doesn't value this group. And largely that was a wrong assumption. I just had lots of other things going on. But it's really important to think about assumptions that, you know, if you are having issues or conflicts with other people, you know, am I assuming things that are incorrect here? Have I filled in the gaps with things that um, are misinformation? And so it's really good to check that out with the other person. So what she did was she said all of this stuff and then she said, tell me why you haven't been turning up let me listen and then she listened really well and that's another thing that i need to grow in i don't know about you but listening well listening with the intention of understanding the person not with the intention of replying but listening to where they're coming from because that can help with the whole process of healing and reconciliation um and then at the end i apologize you know, that's that's basic Christianity, isn't it? You know, 70 times seven, just forgive, 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 apologize, apologize, apologize. We're going to get it wrong and we have to just understand and we've got to just be humble and ask for forgiveness and then receive that forgiveness. So hopefully those are you. Um, some little tips, practical tips to sort of just help you having those courageous conversations. But just can I encourage you again, like no matter how big or small these things, you know, don't give Satan a foothold. He will he will take whatever you give him. Don't give him a foothold and just do whatever you can to maintain that peace, that unity, that love, so the world can see who Jesus is, who God is. So I'd just like to right now take some time to pause and reflect on everything I've just said. So I've said quite a lot. But your primary purpose is to glorify God, to glorify God with the way you speak, with the way you act, with everything you do, your relationships. God wants to be glorified through your relationships. They can bring him great, great glory. And one of the ways we glorify God is through our obedience. Jesus said, the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might, and love your neighbor. So when we are obedient to God in these things and love our neighbor, so that's that's you, that's you, all of you people, my brothers and sisters in Christ, That's you. I need to be obedient to loving you with all my heart. Well, God with all my heart and soul and mind, but I need to love you as well. And that's how God is glorified when I love you well and I want to bring him great glory. So I want to love you well. So just have a little think right now. What relationships has God put in your life right now? Can you bring him any more glory by doing something or saying something to that person? How can you respond to what I've been saying in a way that loves that person well and gives God the glory? Are there perhaps any courageous conversations that you might need to have where you need to speak the truth in love? That's a really key word there, speak the truth in love. Think about those people. How might you go about doing that? Are there people you need to be reconciled with? I recently heard something that someone said about, you know, in every situation, think about these two things. What is God doing? What is Satan doing? And it's important that we we think about these things. Who in, in these situations that maybe need to be reconciled, you know, who are you going to come into alignment with? Are you going to obey and say yes to Satan, who wants to keep you apart, who wants to not let you be united with your brother and sister? Or are you going to obey God, who wants you to be unified, who wants you to be at peace, who wants you to be filled with love for your brothers and sisters? We have a choice, don't we? We have a choice whether we can obey God and glorify him or not. And I want to encourage you to make the choice of glorifying God in your relationships and in your everyday life. So I just want to end now by praying for you, if that's all right. Father God, thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you. Thank you for their heart. Thank you for their desire to worship you, to become closer with you. Thank you for all of the precious, unique relationships that you have placed in this church, not by accident. And I just pray a blessing on them. A really a mighty, mighty blessing that because of the love, because of the peace, because of the unity that they have for one another, that Peterborough would see that Peterborough would see that this is a church, this is a people that is set apart, that is different, that is outstanding from everyone else, that there is a love that they have that is just set apart from anything else they've ever seen. And it will cause Peterborough to lift up their eyes to look and see Jesus, see God, and cause them to worship him because of how the people in this church are responding and loving one another. I pray that you bring healing where healing is necessary, reconciliation, unity, but above all love. That right now would you give each and every person here a heart transplant so that they love you with all their heart, soul and mind, but that they love one another um, in a very, very powerful, ferocious, precious way. In almighty Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Over to you,
0: Phil. Thank you, Anna. That was so, so good. What a wonderful, timely provocation uh, to us. I don't know about you, but I think um, for many of us, there will be conversations that need to be had following this. This is a significant thing for us because we're relational beings not least you know we are relational beings which means we're in relationships you know the the word of god the bible tells us that we're not we're not blessed by hearing necessarily we're blessed in our hearing by then doing it's then doing something about it and um there's, there's action that probably needs to happen for many of us in, in this whole area. And I would just really encourage us, as Anna has done already, um, not just to hear, but to then act and do something about um, some of these things. Lord Jesus, we, we, we declare that you are our King, you're our God, you're our Lord, and we do want to honour and glorify you with the whole of our lives which includes our relationships, the way we conduct those, uh, listening and understanding one another, speaking where we need to with love and gentleness. And Lord, we want to we wanna say, we thank you that you welcomed us as children with all of our flaws and with everything that we bring with us. You welcome us and you make us children of God. And we say thank you so much. Amen. Well, friends, What a joy to be with each other this morning. Anna, thank you again uh, so much for that for us. That was really, really great. Be blessed. And until next week, see you soon.